0: Welcome to the Aaron Church Podcast, where our mission is bringing life to everyone, everywhere, every day. Each podcast episode features the latest talk from our church, which are released weekly. We're passionate about Jesus, love to worship together, and are committed to changing our community for the better. Connect with us at aaronchurch.com. Hey everybody, today we have the first part of our Recharge series. We've looked at Reset, we've looked at Review, and today we're looking at Recharge. And we're going to look at the story of Hagar. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think about recharging, I think about doing something really relaxing. I think about, you know, maybe going to the beach, enjoying some sunshine. But that doesn't seem to be the way that God thinks when he thinks about recharging and reorienting and restoring our souls. When we look through the scriptures, over 50% of the images throughout scripture are all images of the wilderness. Now that might come surprise as a surprise to you, a surprise to me as a westerner. We don't really like the idea of the desert. We don't really like the idea of the wilderness. In fact, we choose to run away from discomfort rather than run towards it. And yet throughout the scriptures, it seems to me that God takes his people into the most unusual of space to meet with them now the word for desert is the word midbar this is the word that you see all throughout the scriptures translated as desert or as wilderness in hebrew there aren't any consonants so every word has a root of three. Uh, sorry, any vowels has a root of three consonants, and for midbar it's D B R. Now, from that root we get the word Debir, which means the Holy of Holies, and we get the word Debar, which means the sheepfold. Now, why am I nerding out with you on these Hebrew words? Um, the reason is is that that root, the D B R root, means the place of speaking. Now, when God gets ready to speak to His people, He gathers His sheep into the wilderness, the place of the Holy of Holies. You know, it was the wilderness that God appeared in fire in that bush before Moses, where the column of fire led the children of Israel by night and the cloud by day, where their the tabernacle filled up with the glory of God. It was all in the wilderness, where manna fell from heaven every day, where God provided water from the rock. It's all in the wilderness place. If we want to hear God, if we want to meet with God in power, it will be in that wilderness space where we cannot depend on anything else, where we cannot look to anything else to sustain us. And so today we're going to look at Hagar's story. We don't have time to go into all of the details about it. You'll find it in Genesis 16 and Genesis 21. But in a nutshell, Hagar's story, Hagar's picked up by Abraham and Sarah when they essentially disobey God, and they go to Egypt. And during that time, they pick Hagar up as a slave girl. Now, that's jarring to us in our 21st century uh, culture. We think, really? Abraham had, had a slave? Well, the Hebrew word is mishpacha, and it means an extended family member. It means like an extension of your clan. So yes, while she would have had to do menial tasks and things like that, she was a part of the family. Hagar was a part of the family. She was brought into Abraham's extended family. Now, in Genesis chapter 15, Abraham's had this amazing experience with God. God has revealed himself to Abraham in this awesome vision and he's promised him descendants as numerous as the seash- as the sand on the seashore. He's promised him land. He's promised him the fact that the, uh, the blessing to all the nations of the earth is gonna come from Abraham. And yet it looks like nothing is happening. Have you ever been in that place where God's promised you something, but it just looks like nothing is happening? If you're anything like me, when I'm in that place, I, I try and give God a hand. I try and do something in my own strength and it always ends up going wrong. That's what happens in this situation. Sarah says to Abraham, hey, I, I, we, this clearly isn't working. Why don't you try and have a child with Hagar and Abraham being a typical guy says, sure, why not? And they enters into this kind of surrogate relationship and Hagar conceives and gives birth to a child called Ishmael. And now Sarah knows that the problem had been her all along. And so this just compounds the issue even more. Sarah hates Hagar by now because of this and begins to treat her really badly. And so Hagar runs off to the wilderness and she finds herself at a place called Shur, which is on the eastern border of Egypt. Isn't it interesting that she runs back to her previous experience? She runs back to... Egypt is always symbolic of the world. And when I'm feeling rejected when i'm feeling in that place like she'd not done anything wrong she'd just been obedient and yet she's been rejected and pushed out and she tries to go back to what she had known before that's what i do that's what i do when i feel rejected i try to go back to something that i think the world will be able to give me and sure the the word sure means the wall she hits up against a metaphorical and a physical wall in this moment in that wilderness place and yet this is the place where God meets with her, and God essentially says to her, Hagar, go back, go back to where you've come come from. Go back to that place. Go back to that place of security. Come back into my fold. Come back into my family. I'm going to bless you beyond anything that you can imagine. You are going to have. You, you, you are going to have this child. You're going to call him Ishmael. Do you know what? This is the first person in the Bible that is actually named by. God before birth. Ishmael means the one who God hears. Ish and Isha means mankind. Shema means to hear and El means God. So essentially Ishmael's name means God is the one who hears the cry of mankind. Don't you love that? Our God is the one who hears the cry of mankind. God hears what is happening in the wilderness of the soul of man and he is responding. And so she goes back, And then later, fast forward 13 years, Isaac is born and God keeps his word, keeps his promise. And yet there's enmity now between Isaac, the fruit of sacrifice and faith in God, and Ishmael, the fruit of mixing that with dependence on the world. How many of you know that when we get into bed with the world and do things in our strength, it's always going to cause enmity with our relationship with what God has promised us? And so Hagar has to leave again. But you know what? This time when Hagar leaves, she goes to another desert region, but she doesn't go back to Egypt. She goes directly into the promised land and she finds herself at a place called Beersheba, which means the, the, the well of the oath, the sevenfold promise of God. She finds herself in that place of promise. And God once again says to her, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to bless you. And it's at a place called Loi rohi, which basically means the, the place of, of seeing. Oprah Winfrey, when she was asked, what is the main thing that you've learned about human nature? With all of the interviews that you've done, she said, I've learned three things. Basically, every human is asking, do you see me? Do you hear me? And do you care? The story of Hagar and Ishmael tells us that God sees us, God hears us and God cares and he has a plan for us, a plan to prosper us and give us a future and give us hope. Even when we feel in the most dry and barren and desert place, God has a plan for us. And nowhere is that greater seen than in Jesus hanging on a cross saying, I have come for you. I have heard the cry of mankind and I have responded.